Kathy Davidson, and I would like you to join me from here at Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. My Heavenly Father, I thank you. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. If you will turn with me to 1 Peter 3, I'm going to begin in verse 1. Likewise, you wives, women. Be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they may without the word be won by the conversation, the behavior of the wife. While they behold your chaste behavior, conversation coupled with fear. Notice it says they behold your behavior, not your preaching. Whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting of the hair or wearing of gold or putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible even the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. If you will turn with me to Romans 10. We are going to go back over and look at a couple verses again. And like I've said before, and I know some of you just have started listening to me, why does she keep repeating verses? Because we don't put the verses in our head. I am not ministering to you as a teacher from head to head. I am ministering by the Spirit of God, and that Spirit of God talks to the heart. It does not talk to your head. So, back to Romans 10, verse 14. Well, let's first begin in verse 13. For whomsoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever. That is, if you are in China, if you are in Korea, if you are in Libya, if you are in Chile, if you are in Brazil, if you are in Nicaragua, if you are in Canada, whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call in him in whom they have not believed? So you have to believe on that name, Lord Jesus, when you call on him. And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? So you have to hear about that man Jesus so you can call on him and he answer and how shall they hear without a preacher and how shall they preach except they be sent and who sends them this is the apostle Paul speaking do you know who sent the apostle Paul God did Jehovah did through Jesus God sent Paul not Paul's organization Certainly not the Pharisees that Paul was under. They didn't send him. No, it was God that sent him. And that's who has to be sent here. It has to be sent by God. So if you're listening to somebody who isn't sent by God, it's not doing you a whole lot of good. It says right here, And how shall they preach except they be sent? And as is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Here's a hint if the one you're listening to has been sent. 
How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. Is the one you're listening to. Is the church that you go to every Sunday preaching the gospel of peace. Is it preaching the gospel of peace? Because it says right here, if he's sent by God, that's what he's going to do. And that's what she is going to do. She is going to preach the gospel of peace. And we'll go on and find out what that gospel of peace is. And bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who has believed our report? And we know that is Isaiah 53, which is the gospel. So now we have a preacher that has been sent, and he's preaching the gospel. What does that do for us? The next verse. So then faith, so then faith, that thing that we need cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But what was that word that they're talking about here? The gospel. He's talking about the gospel. Where does faith come from? It comes from hearing the gospel. Faith comes from hearing the gospel. We have been taught, and I have shared, where you have to read that word of God out loud. You have to read it out loud. Why? Faith cometh by hearing. Faith cometh by hearing. Not taking notes. Hearing what? The gospel. Now, turn with me to Romans 1, verse 16. Paul speaking. He said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Paul says here, ashamed that is not afraid to walk in it. Not afraid to use it. Not afraid to live by it. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why is he not afraid to live in it? Next verse. For it is. It is. The gospel is the power of God. The gospel is the power of God. Acts says the Holy Ghost will come. The Holy Ghost and power. The Holy Ghost and power. The Holy Ghost is not the power. Power's right here. The power is in the gospel. The power is in the gospel. Lord, open their eyes and let them see where the power is. The power is in the gospel. The Holy Ghost doesn't have the power. The power is in the gospel. The Holy Ghost will bring it to you. But the power is in the gospel. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power unto salvation. Whatever you need. To everyone that believeth. You've got to believe it. To everyone that believeth. And notice it says to everyone that believeth it. Not just the preacher. Not just the elders. Not just the Sunday school teachers. To everyone that believeth. I have seen my children believe the gospel and God come through. Oh, he loves to do that for children. The gospel to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein, in the gospel, for therein. Now we know it's the power of God and the gospel. For therein is the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God is in the gospel. Well, what does it mean to be righteous? The easiest way to remember it is right standing with God. Right standing with God. To be able to stand up in God's presence. To be able to do that, you have to be righteous. Therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live 
by faith. Paul speaking says the just shall live by faith. Faith in what? We know that already. Faith in the gospel. Faith in the gospel. Some of you, well, what is the gospel? Do you know the bona fide definition, the exact definition of the gospel is in the word? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I was taught things were gray in the Bible. You know who taught me that? People that didn't have eyes to see and ears to hear. All your answers are in the word if you will ask God and seek them. You need the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the one that reveals it to you. You need the Holy Ghost. You say, well, what do you mean I need the Holy Ghost? You don't need the Holy Ghost to go to heaven. You need to have the Spirit of Jesus in you to do that. But you need the Holy Ghost to walk. You know what? Jesus had to have him. Jesus had to have the Holy Ghost. You better than Jesus? Go look it up. The exact definition. 1 Corinthians 15. 1 through 4. Moreover, brethren, Paul again speaking, I declare unto you the gospel. Here we go. I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein you stand. How do you stand in the gospel? With your faith. By which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Do you see that? There is no such thing as once saved, always saved. Paul said he could have preached it to you in vain. He also says, if you keep in memory, if you don't keep it in memory, you're not saved. You're not saved. You got to know that you know that you know that the spirit of Jesus is in you. Did you know that? Some of you better get to work. Three, for I delivered unto you first of all which I also received. Paul received it. He didn't make it up that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. There is the gospel that Paul preached. There is the gospel that Peter preached. There is the gospel that Jesus preached. There is your gospel. There is what you put your faith in. There is what you listen to to get your faith to grow. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing the word of God. And Paul right there was talking about the gospel. You want more faith? Get more gospel in your heart. You want more faith? Then get more gospel in your heart. And you do that by believing it. By listening and hearing it. You know what the wonderful thing about the Spirit of God is? There is a spirit of faith. Do you know that Holy Ghost will bring that spirit of faith and he will minister it to you while you're listening to the gospel? Have you ever noticed, and I'll use my meetings as an example. You listen to my meetings and at the end your faith is there. Why? Because the Spirit of God was ministering the spirit of faith. Now, turn with me to Acts 15. I'm going to read this to us today. It says in John 1, the law came by Moses. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Do you see there are two different ways here? The law came by Moses. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. They're separate. They are not together. And I want to read a chapter that God revealed to me years ago that blew me away. Chapter 15 of Acts. I'm going to begin in verse 1. 
It says, and certain men, which came down from Judea. This is after the Holy Ghost was given to the Gentiles. It says, and certain men, which came down from Judea, taught the brethren and said, except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. Wherein then Paul and Barnabas, Paul, Paul is the one that Jesus picked to go to the Gentiles. Paul is the one that Jesus revealed the gospel to him. And Paul wasn't there with the original 12. But Jesus had him. He said, he is a chosen vessel unto me. So he's one of the big guys. Do you know, I think it's two-thirds of the New Testament's written by him. Except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. Wherein, therefore, Paul and Barnabas, who was with Paul at the time, had no small dissension and disputation with them. They weren't happy with that. They determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other men should go up to Jerusalem under the apostles and elders about this question. And being brought on their way, notice, this is such a problem in the church that Paul and Barnabas stop the work they're doing and they're going to go to Jerusalem and they're going to meet with the apostles and get this thing solved. This is no little deal here, folks. This is no PTA meeting. They've got a real issue with this. Being brought on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, declaring the conversion of the Gentiles. And they caused great joy unto all the brethren. And when they were come to Jerusalem, and they were received of the church and of the apostles and elders. The apostles were the ones that were with Jesus for those three and a half years. The apostles saw Jesus die. And they saw him raised again. And they declared all things that God had done with them. So now that they got all of that done, Paul's telling them, this is what happened when we went to the Gentiles. And there arose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees. Certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed. Pharisees were the strictest followers of the law. They were the orthodox. I mean, they followed that law to the letter. So now they're here at the meeting. And there arose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed, saying, they're in the middle of this church, that it was needful to circumcise the Gentiles and command them to keep the law of Moses. Command them to keep the law of Moses. You know what that was part of it? The Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments. You know what they said? Once you get saved, you got to get circumcised and you got to obey the Ten Commandments in the law. That's what the Pharisees were saying. It says in the very beginning there, Paul and Barnabas weren't happy. They weren't happy. So they're going to the apostles. And the apostles and elders came together for to consider the matter. And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Now who's Peter? Peter is the right-hand man of Jesus. Oh, it's the Apostle John had his head on Jesus' breast and how much Jesus loved the Apostle John. But you know who Jesus rode tail with? He rode Peter's tail. Every time he turned around, he was correcting Peter. Why? Because he knew who Peter was. John didn't take the gospel to the Gentiles. Who did? Peter did. And you know, when they were in the garden, and it was Peter and James and John, and Jesus had to fight through to get to the cross. And he looked at them, and he said, Peter, I mean, there's three guys there. 
But who's he talking to? Peter, can't you pray one hour? You know why? Peter was going to be the one, number one apostle. Peter, when they got baptized in the Holy Ghost, who's the one that stood up and talked? It was Peter. The church started with Peter. The church started with Peter speaking in Acts 2. So now we got Peter involved. So now you've got the biggies. You've got Paul, and you've got Peter, and you've got the apostles. And they're all at this meeting. And who is the meeting about? Us. Us. Do you know who a Gentile is? It's anybody that's not a Jew. God doesn't see the black man. He doesn't see the white man. He doesn't see the yellow man. He doesn't see the brown man. All he sees is Jew and Gentile. That's all. And if you've got the Jew in you, Jesus in you, then you're a Jew. But here... The Gentiles have heard the word. And now they're talking about, do the Gentiles have to obey the law? That's the big question. Do the Gentiles have to obey the Ten Commandments and the law? Do they have to get circumcised? Do they have to follow all the precepts? Do they have to do this? And now Peter gets up and talks and says unto them, verse 7, Men and brethren, you know how a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel. The gospel. So what did Peter preach the Gentiles? The gospel. That's what you preach. That's what you're sent to do. You're not sent to preach anything else. Preach the gospel and believe. And believe. So they heard the word of the gospel and they believed it. And God, Peter speaking, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. Think about that for a second. Cornelius was a Roman soldier, a bad guy. And God sent Peter to Cornelius' house to preach to him and his friends and relatives the gospel. And while he's preaching the gospel to them, they break out in tongues. They break out in tongues. Peter didn't expect that, but God sure did. Now think about the people that were there that heard the word. One of them was Roman, at least. None of them obeyed the Ten Commandments, and yet they got the baptism in the Holy Ghost. None of them followed the law of Moses, and yet they're baptized in the Holy Ghost. You see what's going on here? They weren't Jews. None of them in that room were circumcised. None of them. They heard the word, and God baptized them in the Holy Ghost. And this is what Peter is saying. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. And put no difference, no difference between us and them. No difference between us and the Jews, between the Gentile and the Jews, purifying their hearts. How? By faith. By faith. What did Peter preach them? He preached them the gospel. And when they heard that gospel, they were baptized in the Holy Ghost in front of all the Jews that were there. Baptized in the Holy Ghost. And Peter says, there's no difference between a Jew and a Gentile. 
here. They're both baptized in the Holy Ghost. Do you get that? I've taught this from the beginning. God is no respecter of persons. If you've got a friend that's a Jew and you think they're more godly than the one over here that's a Gentile, you missed it. There is no difference. Do you see that? There is no difference. The difference went away in the gospel. The gospel broke down that middle wall between them. Now, let's go back. It says, purifying their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why tempt you God? Do you see that? Why tempt you God? He's talking to the Pharisees. He's in a meeting of all the apostles, and he says, why tempt you God? This is God's number one man now that Jesus has left. Why tempt you God? Teaching the Ten Commandments. Teaching them the law. Why tempt you, God, to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? Peter saying, you teach them the law, you are tempting God. Do you see that? You teach the Ten Commandments, you are tempting God. You're not making him happy. You say, how can that be? Let's read on. But we believe... We believe Peter, a Jew, Paul, a Jew, James, a Jew, that heard and watched the gospel. But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. Do you see? Peter wasn't saved because he was a Jew. Peter is telling you right here, he was not saved. He is not God's righteous servant because he was a Jew. By the grace of the Lord Jesus, we shall be saved even as they. What is grace? Grace is something we didn't ask for. It is something we don't deserve. We don't deserve what Jesus did for us on the cross. We didn't even want what Jesus did on the cross. But he did it anyway. He did it anyway. The grace of the gospel is that even though you didn't deserve it, Jesus went to the cross in your place. The gospel is that even though you didn't deserve it, Jesus on the cross took all your sicknesses and your diseases on his own body. You didn't ask for it. You didn't deserve it, but he did it anyway. The grace of the gospel is that Jesus, while he was on the cross, the Father laid every sin you and I would ever commit on that body of a man. We didn't ask for it. We didn't deserve it, but Jesus did it anyway. Even though we didn't deserve it and we didn't ask for it, Jesus became poor. He became poor on that cross so that we might be rich. We didn't ask for it. We didn't deserve it, but he did it anyway. He did it anyway. Do you know that that gospel you didn't deserve? I didn't deserve what Jesus did for me. But he did it anyway. Why? Because the Father and Jesus love us. Do you know that if your salvation is anything else, it is not the gospel. 
If you think you deserve anything that you get from God, you don't have the gospel in your heart. Do you realize that what Peter is saying here, that even Peter didn't obey the law anymore because he had faith in what Jesus did for him. Do you realize that not eating pork isn't going to save you one single bit if you're a Gentile? If you're a Jew, you better talk to God. But if you're a Gentile, not eating pork is not going to save you. What saved you? The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That's what saved you. Do you realize that you can't help enough old ladies across the street to get you saved? Jesus is the one that saved you. You can't do anything else to satisfy the Father. You cannot do anything else to satisfy God. Jesus already satisfied God for you. Sometimes that sounds so simple, and yet it is so difficult to walk. The only way you are saved is through the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Not working on the Sabbath day isn't going to get you anywhere with God. It's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. You don't even know when the Sabbath is. It's amazing how many of us Gentiles think if we obey the law, we're going to please God. Peter said right here, why tempt you God? Why tempt you, God, trying to follow the law? When Peter said we couldn't do it and our fathers couldn't do it, well, then how are we saved? Through the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior Jesus. So what is our job? What do we have to do then? If we can't work for this, if we can't do things to make God happy, what's our job? Turn with me to John 6, and we'll finish there. Verse 29, John 6, Jesus speaking. And then they said unto Jesus, What shall we do? What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Well, if we're not supposed to follow the law, if we're not supposed to be under the Ten Commandments, then what do you want us to do? He says it right here. This is the work of God, that you believe on him that he sent. There's where your labor is put into, believing the gospel, believing what Jesus already did for you. There is where you strive. There is where you labor, and you strive in prayer, and you strive reading the word out loud. You strive getting that faith, that gospel in your heart. There's your work. That's what your work is. Nothing that you deserve, you just believe. That believing takes work. Like I've shared, you need the activator. For it to work, for the Word of God to work, you need the activator. And that activator is faith. Now, you want this? You have to be born again. You have to be born again. You must get the Spirit of Jesus in you. And you know what? It is simple. Jesus already did all the work. All you have to do is get him in you. And how do you do that? Repeat after me. Jesus, come into my heart. Become my Lord. Lead me, guide me, fix me. And I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson 
and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.